0: Amen. So um, I want to also say a thank you. Unlike Gabriel, I was here yesterday, and uh, and whenever I got here, there were already guys started. I think it was Marnie and Jason and Matt and Samuel were already here and they were already tearing walls down. Um, 18 total showed up. I want to say specific thanks: Samuel, Quinn, Macy, Eddie, Sergio, Marnie, Jason, Matt, Tony, Stewart, Jim Bob. Aiden, he brought three friends, yeah. Brandon, Israel, and then I was just talking to them in the, the overflow room. Uh, the third friend gave me the wrong name or was messing around with me. But the third friend, Marty laps all of us. yeah, Marnie worked hard from, from early in the day. Um, Brockton, Isaac, and then me. I said those in order of least favorite to most favorite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but they went crazy. I'm sure you guys if you didn't if you parked in the back, you need you parked in the front, go around to the back, see three whole trailers filled up. Um, the room is ready for the builders to come in and take a look and make a bid on turning it into that, that into our lobby. The guys were talking even at the end of the job about tearing out the, the back rooms and the auditorium so we can add some more seats in here. We're going to keep our overflow room. We love having the overflow room because there's some people who like to sit close to the coffee uh, during the service, and we're always going to make room for that. Um, but we want everybody who wants to be to be in this room uh, worshiping with us on Sunday morning. So that's kind of in the works. But again, thank you, guys. Let's give them another hand. All right. So. Kind of the idea today, I kind of threw a curveball to my, to my slides, guy. but if we can go back, the idea today is that I need you and you need me. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. That's what today is all about. I need you and you need me. And if you haven't heard us say this before, the reason that we want to be City Point, a church of small groups, not a church with small groups, is because I need you and you need me. We need each other. It's it, it's in our DNA. we need each other. All right, if you can go to the, to the picture of the mushroom cloud, you guys ever heard of mutually assured destruction? Yeah, so back um, during the Cold War, this was popularized as the big nations, but specifically you know Russia and, and, and America. They were in an arms race. Who could build the most? Uh, nuclear weapons, and specifically, your nuclear arsenal needed weapons that had second strike capability. That was important, second strike capability. Because that ensured that if your enemy sent nukes and destroyed all your major cities in a first strike, you, without anybody being alive to do it, could send nukes over to them as a second strike, thus second strike capabilities. This term, um, mutually assured destruction, commonly av- abbreviated as MAD, it was kind of coined by this man named um, Donald Brennan. He was a strategist working at the HKH Institute in 1962, and he kind of it, it didn't mean anything. It didn't exist before. He specifically wrote down the acronym MAD because of how crazy an idea it is that if you're going to destroy me, I'm going to make sure you're destroyed too mutually assured destruction. But, you know, this term was coined in the 1960s, but it's definitely existed since the beginning of humanity. We have this, like, desire that if I'm going to experience difficulty, you are too. If I am going to suffer, then you are too. If life is difficult for me, then I'm going to make life difficult for you. Mutually assured destruction. But our Creator has called us to something different, because I need you, and you need me, so we want City Point to be a church of small groups. That means everybody is involved in a group. So sometimes we see the Bible as like this list of have-tos, and there are definitely some lists in there, um, but boy, do we try to buck that. We do not like people telling us what we have and have not to do, but I want us to change our perspective on that just a little bit. I'm going to mention this every time I'm on stage. Our church is reading through the Bible right now on the Bible app. You can join us, citypointchurch.tv, oh sorry, tinyurl.com, cpcbible22. I'm a little bit behind. I'm a few days behind. But that's all right because I'm going to get caught up. We're in Proverbs right now, about to finish that up. But I want you guys to, to join us if you haven't already. Um, But reading the Bible, we just kind of get this better perspective. We get a better vision of what the Bible's trying to do. And it definitely tells us history. It's definitely full of stories of things that we should not repeat, right? Let's learn from our history. Um, But I think, like, ultimately, what we have when we hold the Bible is a user's manual from our Creator on how His creation can live and experience the best life possible, The user's manual for life and you can definitely put it aside and try to do life on your own just like you could put a user's manual aside for some tool and make a wreck of everything we saw that a lot yesterday fortunately that's what we're here to do (coughs) but we have this user's manual why wouldn't we use it to live the best life possible so today we're going to be stepping into the book of hebrews we were in the book of hebrews last time i preached it's a pretty good book Might not be the best place to start because it talks about the Old Testament a lot, but it's a really good book, Hebrews. Hebrews is a letter, we don't know the author, it was written to a group of Hebrews, that's why it's called Hebrews, and it's specifically looking at the history, the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, and what those taught us. What they established was, they established animal sacrifices, this thing that the people did periodically to remind themselves that the sins that they committed required death. It also, in the Old Testament, established a priesthood, these men that were mediators between the Israelites, between the Hebrews, and God the Father. They kind of stood in the in-between, and they were the ones who offered those sacrifices. And then Hebrews makes the connection that all of these were signposts they were all illustrations and they were all pointing to one person and that was Jesus Christ and just like we had those animal sacrifices to remind us that our sin needed death he sacrificed himself to be the death that covered those sins and just like in the Old Testament we had those priests that were mediators between God and man he is the priest the great high priest that stands between us and mediates for us with God. And then ultimately, he's also the king. In the same bloodline as King David, he'll reign forever. And so this is really good news. The writer of Hebrews does a better job than I do. You'll have to read it. But it's really, really good news. And then chapter 10, the writer, the author, kind of gives us some guidelines for our response to this new knowledge. So we're going to pick up Hebrews 10, verse 24. It'll be up on the screen. If you want to pull it up in your Bible, you can too. It says, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. That's our response. To stir one another to love and good works and to encourage one another, not neglecting to meet together. Now, this is often used as a sermon to point fingers at, you need to come to church, and that's a good message, but I think this is saying so much more, because the things that it's asking us to do are things that can't, couldn't possibly happen on Sunday morning, and definitely aren't going to happen only once a week. So, let's unpack this a bit. The Greek word, so in the original writings, the ESV decided to translate it as stirs up. But in the Greek, it's "paroxysmos," and it happens twice in Scripture. It happens here, and it happens in Acts. And in Acts, we see the way not to use it. So in Acts, we see a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas on who they're going to take with them on a missionary trip. And specifically, there's this guy named Mark, not our Mark, John Mark, and they said, Paul said, I've not taken him with me, for for some reasons that are explained in Acts, and um, uh, Barnabas says he will take him, and there was so there was so much prosusmos or pro- provoking that happened that Paul and Barnabas actually split ways, right? So this this word has a connotation of swift and sharp, and it's oftentimes in other translations translated as provoke. We're to provoke one another to love. And good works. Now, some of you are very comfortable with provoking. (laughs) You have got paroxysmos down. (laughs) It's part of your personality. But that's not the kind of provoking that we want here. We want to stir up the good things, love and good works not things like anger or hate or sadness or loneliness or destruction. Those are not the things that we're to stir up in each other. Now, the writer of Hebrews, he's intentionally using this word to show us the urgency of our motivation, right? With the same motivation that you go around stirring up the hornet's nest in every situation you get into, you need to refocus that and provoke one another to love and good works, these aren't being selfish, self-righteous. The love here, I think we kind of have a uh, misunderstanding of what love is in our society today. This is not love of self. This is not perverted love. This isn't lust. This isn't desire. um, It's not what society as a whole considers love. The Greek word here is agape, and it's the love that God showed us by sending his son to die on the cross. So that's the love that we are to provoke in others, that we're to take that love that he loved us with when he sacrificed his son and we're to reflect it into the world around us. That's the love that God wants us to be provoked to. And these good works, these aren't like pat yourself on the back good works. These are not self-righteous good works. These aren't like look at me and all the good works that I've done. These aren't good works that make you better or increase you in society. These are things that, jobs that God planned for you to do before he created you. Paul talks about it in Ephesians 2.10, works that he planned before you existed for you to do to build his kingdom. So we're to provoke each other, and that's why I need you, and you need me, and City Point is going to be a church of small groups. So then we go to the second verse, or verse 25. Why do we need to encourage each other? Like, we see specifically why this is mentioned in Hebrews in the following verses. Like, Hebrews laid out this sacrificial system and this priestly system and that Jesus fits the bill. And then it says, We're to continue to encourage each other until the day of his return, because if we turn our backs, what sacrifice is there left? That's heavy. He's provided the only means of salvation. And if we turn our back on that, what hope do we have? So why motivate each other to love and good works? Why encourage each other? Because life is hard. Things get difficult. If you're not in the middle of tough times right now, I promise you they're right around the corner. He didn't call us to be happy. That's important. He didn't call you to be happy. He called you to make you holy. And sometimes that's a little bit rough. So if I'm in the thick of it, if things are stressful in my life, I need Robin at men's group to remind me how good God is. And when I'm having issues in my marriage, because they happen. I know Molly and I put on a good face on Sunday mornings, and (laughs) we fight before we get in here. We get it all out of the way. (laughs) No, whenever I'm dealing with stuff in my marriage, I need Mark and Danielle and re-engage group to meet with other couples who are also struggling so that we can build each other up and encourage each other to love. Whenever I'm having issues with my family and my kids and trying to figure all that out, I need other families with children like Ben and Libby to come and encourage me, to provoke me, to stir me up to good works, because there is nothing in my life right now that is a better work than raising godly children. Nothing against you guys. (laughs) I need you and you need me, and that's why City Point needs to be a church of small groups. COVID has done a number on the church, and I'll be the first to say it was super nice to sit at home on Sunday mornings, <laughs> especially having little kids. My ki- I had all the work was done. I could chat on my phone with the people who were attending. My kids could be as loud as they wanted to be. They would only bother me. I could attend church into my in my pajamas, which I'm you're allowed to attend here in your pajamas, but. I I wouldn't so I attended church in my pajamas it was great to kind of get rid of the hectic schedule and not have any expectations but we are just now beginning to see the fallout from that breaking community like I'm so thankful for the treatments and the vaccines that were developed to to help stop this pandemic and like it's sad, the lives that were lost, I don't wanna diminish that at all, but just j- we're just now beginning to see the long-term price that we and our children will pay. Being involved in education, like there was a distinct and measurable decline in academics across the board. It didn't matter what district you were in, what school you were in, whether you were from a wealthy family or a poor family, it didn't matter. Um, if you were in AP classes, if you were in reg ed classes, it was just, decline, and that's still being recovered from. Um, I also read an article, there are many law for- firms that are reporting an increase in the number of inquiries about divorce. And also, counselors are dealing with a lo- an increase in like couples counseling and also parent and children counseling. Um, there's also been a marked increase in mental health issues. The stress and anxiety that the, the, the restrictions and lockdowns and mandates and isolation, wha- that was overwhelming. It was overwhelming for adults. I couldn't imagine going through this as a, an eight year old. And that's beside the grief from losing a loved one or a friend. I um, found this in an article Alex Dzaknik. He was a consultant a clinical psychologist in the UK. He's working with adults and children. And he told this reporter from CNBC that he believes it will take at least a generation to resolve the damage to many young people caused by missed milestones and, experie- and experiences crucial for development. And on top of that, we are seeing fewer than one-third of Americans attending a real religious service one time a month or more, one-third. And that's not just church. That's all religious services. It's less than a third. Maybe part of this struggle is that one hour of service on Sunday morning isn't enough. Like Isaac is a phenomenal worship leader, but his 30 minutes of time leading us in worship is not gonna carry you to next Sunday. Jim Bob is a phenomenal speaker, speaking truth from this pulpit, but that word is not gonna carry you through your week until we can get back together. It's just not. We do too much. There's a hundred, what, 168 hours in a week. You're almost half a percent spent together on Sunday mornings. And don't get me wrong, We throw an awesome Jesus party on Sunday mornings, and it is so uplifting to worship with you guys and to hear a word, but it's not enough. I need you. You need me. City Point needs to be a church of small groups. And we have lots of groups that meet. Being over students, I'll tell you right now, um, Gabriel mentioned it. Our Uptown group is meeting immediately after church. That's our 5th through 8th graders. We're going to meet in the library, and then we're going to carry them over to eat lunch. We do that the last Sunday of every month. Our Midtown group meets on Sunday evenings. We do a lot of different stuff with Midtown. Sometimes we have projects, sometimes not. We're going through the Bible right now um, uh, with the book, The Story. It's just a great time. Downtown is our young adult group. So it's a lot of college students, but it's even young career. They meet uh, periodically on Monday nights right now. And it's just a time to reconnect because that's what we need. We need an opportunity to stir up one another to love and good works and to encourage one another in this life that we're going through. Our women's group meets the third Wednesday of the month. They have a Facebook group that you can get involved with. They also sometimes post in our family and friends group when they're gonna be meeting, but it's the third Wednesday of the month, um, sorry, where and when they're gonna be meeting. Our men's group used to meet the second Wednesday of the month, and I say used to meet, because in October, they said once a month's not enough for the men to get together, we're gonna be getting together more often. So if you can, it's Wednesday nights here at the building at six o'clock. Bring your own food. We're going to meet together as, as often as you can make it because we need that opportunity to stir up one another, to love and good works and encourage one another. Um, let's see. We've got Jim Bob's leading a group. I think that's going to be on Sunday night starting here pretty soon for, for blended families because that's become such a need. Tammy, I, I've lost track of how many groups Tammy leads, but I think the most important is her group on prayer. Because our families need prayer, our church needs prayer, our community needs prayer. good grief, our government needs prayer. we need prayer. Oh yeah, Stewart's group, when are they meeting? Oh, he's in the overflow room, and they left me hanging last time I called on him. so Stewart's also leading a group. You can get all this information, citypointchurch.tv forward slash groups. It has all the places that are meeting and where. But you might feel like maybe a Bible study isn't something that you're wanting to do. And let me just tell you guys, yesterday, a group met over donuts and pizza and did some good work (laughs) to this building. And then after that, some of those men stayed and met and cleaned up the building to get it ready for Sunday. I think I saw Jason and Jim, Bob, and Marnie. After just blowing us all away, working the hardest out of everybody, they stayed to clean up, wash the toilets. Maybe that's the group that you need to be encouraged, to be stirred up. (laughs) We have our tech team that meets on Sunday mornings to make sure that the, the, the worship service moves smoothly, for both us here in this room and everybody who's watching online, we have our worship team. That video that you guys saw, Isaac messaged the worship team and said, we need to get together. Uh, um, Robbins asked that we make a song. They just all immediately was like, all right, what time? We're there. Let's, let's meet. Let's get it together. Maybe that's the group that you need to be involved in. All that to say, though, you need to be involved in a group. Because I need you and you need me, and we need each other, because City Point is a church of small groups. So Paul tells us in the following passage why it's so important, right? There is no other sacrifice. So we need to encourage one another in our faith. And then he gives us an example of what this encouragement might look like. This is Hebrews 10:32 through39 said, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you, were in, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed, exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, That's the encouragement that we need. We have hope. We have the only hope. And it's going to get us through whatever we're going through. But we have to keep stirring each other up. We have to continue to encourage one another. I need you and you need me. And City Point needs to be a church of small groups. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your son as the perfect sacrifice as our great high priest, as our king and savior. And we thank you that you've given us each other. No matter how messed up we are, our fights and our struggles and our ugliness, that we can come together and that we can stir one another up and encourage one another until the day when you come back. So no matter what happens, no matter what we're going through, you are our hope.